You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma. Hosted by OMAG Risk Management Specialist, Kip Pritchard. Hi, this is Kip Pritchard, Risk Management Specialist for Oklahoma Municipal Assurance Group. Today we're going to talk about sanitation, solid waste collections, and I've got two guest speakers with me. Jared Dillingham with the City of Durant, Solid Waste Manager, and Chris Knight with the City of Stillwater, Waste Management Director. Welcome, guys. Thank you for your time. A couple of things that I wanted to talk about real quick, and then I'm going to ask these guys some questions. Just want to make sure everybody knows that solid waste collection or trash collection, refuse collection, garbage collection, sanitation, whatever term your city or town uses, is the sixth most dangerous job in America. Uh, We average about 37 deaths per year and thousands of injuries. And we see a lot of claims here at OMAG every year uh, from our solid waste uh, workers and also liability claims from damages that are done Uh, while we're collecting other people's uh, trash. So uh, I'm going to ask these guys some questions about uh, their processes in better protecting their workers and better protecting the city from liability claims. Start with you, Jared, and I'll just ask, what are some of the injuries or illnesses or exposures to workers uh, that collect trash for uh, the city of Durant? Uh, We have a lot of uh, crushed fingers and hands. Uh, sprains and strains of ankles or uh, shoulders, uh, back injuries, and then, of course, uh, any type of bloodborne pathogen from uh, discarded sharps or uh, medical waste. Okay. How about you, Chris? I would say, you know, those are some of the key ones that uh, we experience also is the ankle injuries, the shoulder, hand injuries, uh, puncture wounds. You know, they're just being, you know, definitely exposed to a lot of different things. So that we experience most of those same things as uh, Jared just said. Okay. What about uh, the potential for fire or um, hazardous chemicals that are improperly that, disposed of? That is definitely something we experience. And, you know, uh, for City Stillwater, we haven't experienced a lot, but there's been a few times, you know, that uh, we have had uh, fires caused by chemicals and things put into the trash that shouldn't be. And uh, so we, we've had some units that have started on fire inside the hopper. And, uh, but that's something we, we stress and train a lot with our guys about how to, you know, respond to that. If that should happen to keep us from, you know, potentially burning down the whole truck. But that is something we do experience also. Yeah, we've, uh, we've had a few that uh, have had chemical fires in the back. But it's, it's really not as common as, as I would think it would be. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It has, you know, it has happened, but like I said, it's maybe I can think of five off the top of my head, and uh, you know, I, I've been almost in the industry about thirty years. So, uh, so what does your municipality or department do to address these injuries, illnesses, uh, in order to reduce the frequency and severity uh, to your workers? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you this time. Well, we, we provide, you know, a, a lot of training and, uh, of course, uh, make sure that all the guys have all the required PPE to do their job. But it's, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, if you're in the industry, that one of the reasons, you know, we have a lot of, uh, the injuries, fatalities is there's just not a lot of training for our industry out there. You know, you have SWANA that has a lot of great training, 
but you know, you, you usually have to travel to go there, even though we do send people and hope to bring that back. But it's just, you know, ongoing training. A lot of, uh, at least for us, have to develop our own training with Dan. And, you know, it's discussing these items, different um, safety precautions each day, just on a daily basis, you know, um, just to make sure everyone's aware and uh, to get it on their radar to help protect them. You know, it's just a lot of communication. I can't stress that enough. Communication, communication, communication. Jared, how about you? I would have to agree with everything he just said. Um, there, there really is not a lot of training. And uh, so everything we do is pretty much in-house. You know, it's been passed down from generation to generation, if you will. Like I say, the OMAG stuff, of course, man, just great training. Um, uh, of course, we, we do uh, crush gloves and, uh, you know, all kinds of PPE uh, to try to prevent anything that happens. Um, but unfortunately, it does. Oh, and uh, to, for the medical waste, uh, we've uh, we developed a, a sharps program, and was actually one of the first uh, municipalities in Oklahoma to to do a sharps program. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd say we we just did a pilot program for a sharps program that we continue, we're going to continue with to help out with that too, because we do the guys do experience and see a lot of you know needles and those things in trash, and not only in the trash. Also have a uh, curbside recycling program. Unfortunately, you find them in those too. But uh, one thing that I found many years ago is uh, the document called Safety Monday that Tawana puts out. So each week you receive the Safety Monday on a certain topic, and it's kind of depended on maybe the time of year, if it's heat or cold, or um, they even have them. You know, when school starts back precautions and different things, just different topics over the years. So we, we utilize that a lot in our uh, morning meetings, just kind of discuss a lot of topics, maybe topics that you kind of forget about. But uh, we really look for anything and everything, and just like Jared did, and kind of do all, you have to be forced to kind of do everything in-house. So you're just looking at for anything you possibly can just to communicate that information to the guys to, to help protect them as much as possible. Okay, do you guys have written policies and procedures that you can utilize to train your workers, especially new workers coming on? Go ahead, Jared. Uh, uh, we really don't. No, we like everything we do is just uh, pretty much just like a hands-on. Uh, we really don't have any kind of a, a written policy. We we have, you know, definitely safety items stuff that we've structured over the years. It's not like uh, a written document necessarily for municipality, but just for our department itself. Um, just some highlighted, uh, you know, uh, safety precautions and safety, you know, items that the guys may see, common things you may see out in the, you know, in the field. You know, um, we do require our guys to wear, you know, lace-up boots, be up above the ankle, ankle just to try to help uh, prevent those ankle injuries. Uh, things like that. Yeah, recently I uh, was at a, a city here in Oklahoma, and I was doing a training on solid waste collection. And I just asked the guys. I said, "Okay, I'm a new guy, uh, first day on the job. What do I need to know in order to be able to get home at the end of the day safe and sound? Make sure you guys are home safe and sound." And um, at first. I really didn't get very much information. You know, it's like, uh, okay, we drive down here, you hop off the truck, you grab the, the trash 
you know, and hook it up to the uh, uh, the lift. And it didn't give me a whole lot of confidence. And, and personally, I think that policies and procedures uh, really assist us in, you know, providing this training, you know, and helping the supervisors and the seasoned workers uh, provide that information to those new employees. Well, I'll say, Kip, you know, we do, um, anytime we hire a new employee, we do um, have training with them. Like, you know, they, they have to they have to do it, you know, and I'm not going to say this is definitely enough because it's not, but we, we do as much training before we allow that employee to go out on their own. Um, for example, we we run a rear load commercial service, so we're not what's called a front load service. So we have, you know, on the rear load, you have two employees in that truck. So any new employee will, will start out training on a rear load truck. They pretty much go on there with two other guys that have been doing it. So they'll train for a week or two before we allow them just to go with one other individual by themselves. And a, a supervisor has to go out and evaluate them before we'll make that call to put them just with another individual by themselves, just to make sure that we feel confident that, you know, they know how one truck runs and how you hook up dumpsters, uh, items you could experience out in the field and, you know, and talk with them in, in depth as much as possible to, um, uh, make sure they truly know what they're doing before we allow that. Now, as I said earlier, that's definitely, in my opinion, not enough. But unfortunately, in our industry, you, you're usually shorthanded most of the time. So you, you're forced sometimes after a week or two just to you know, put them out there. And hopefully they've got enough training as possible to do the job. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is services. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. Yeah, pretty much exactly what he said is is what we do. Um, but it's just we don't have anything, you know, written. Okay. And that's kind of a segue to my next question for you guys. Uh, what does your municipality do to address the issue of frequent turnover of workers in the sanitation department? Uh, Chris, you mentioned that uh, a lot of times you guys are shorthanded. So how are we dealing yeah. with, with the issues of, uh, you know, not having the staff to uh, provide the services? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing in our industry, and I, I'd like to have a great answer for that. Uh, we have definitely tried different things here at the Stillwater anyway. You know, if I'm uh, – Raising, you know, of course, the pay structure for the employees. And uh, a few years ago, we used to have what's called in, in most of the South, they used to have this, but a uh, pay structure that, you know, each year you're evaluated and, you know, you see a pay increase, which it would take you 13 years or so to get to the top end of that. So we went to what's called a progression system. So basically, this, the employees get to, whatever that, that top um, tier of their pay structure was, 
shorter amount of time, hopefully to help retain them. So adjusting the pay structure to be a little higher, reducing the amount of time it took them to get to the top end of that, you know, implementing some incentives, you know, to hopefully attract people to come to the industry. You know, not only that, but to retain the ones that we have. CDLs, that seems to be a big thing for our industry. You know, you need to have a CDL, but it's kind of hard to get those. So we went to, many years ago, uh, we'll hire in employees without a CDL and uh, train them in-house and help them get the CDL and you know, also pay for that to hopefully that to be an incentive just to get uh, good people in that want to work our industry and also hopefully to keep them. Okay, very good. Jared, what about you? I mean, that's pretty much the same thing. Uh, we've uh, improved the uh, pay scale. Like I say, they, uh, they've implemented quite a few little perks. You know, we get, uh, uh, we will buy the, their boots, you know, or um, keep you from having to do that. But one of the biggest things that we did was they implemented a birthday check. So the first paycheck of your, of your, uh, of the pay, of your birthday month, you get one week's pay. And so I thought that was kind of neat that, uh, that they did that. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much exactly what we, we've done is with pay skills and everything. All right. Uh, Jared, I'll let you have this first shot at this next question. Does the municipality have any risk involving private property damage or injury to citizens? And if so, can you give us some examples? Uh, yeah, yeah, we, uh, we definitely do. One example is uh, one of our drivers forgot to uh, retract the arm on an automated uh, polycart truck. Uh, he went to take off and he took out a uh, brand new Dodge Ram with it. Oh my goodness! So, uh, yeah, a total debt out that Ram pretty good. Of course, lots of mailboxes. Those automated trucks will uh, will eat mailboxes like it's nobody's business. But luckily, we haven't had any uh, major incidents where a citizen has been injured. Uh, just a few minor fender benders here and there, but luckily no one has been hurt. Okay, Chris, how about you? I would say much of the same. You know, as uh, soon as we went to the the automated system, that uh, with the ASLs, um, we've had mailboxes. We have had some issues, some cases where it was a vehicle because it didn't retract the arm out uh, back in in time. We haven't had any like fatalities or anything like that. Of course, with a uh, rear load system, you know, we've had some damage to dumpster pans or uh, occasional gas meter, um, but nothing outside of that. You know, we have put a lot of policy procedures in place to, especially on the automated side, you know, to, to help prevent hitting those mailboxes, like putting in requirements that the cart must be set within, you know can't be within five feet of the destruction, that being a mailbox and those types of things. But, you know, occasionally you'll still uh, have those cases just because, you know, the guys, they're, they're, they're really adamant about, you know, collecting everybody's trash. And sometimes they'll, they'll try to, you know, service a cart that's a little bit too close to, to obstruction and end up getting, you know, a mailbox, for example. Exactly. We run into that a lot. Vehicles being too close to the mailbox or to the uh, polycarts or, um, of course, too close to a mailbox. Overhead obstructions. We've had a few uh, cables torn down. Luckily, no electric mm-hmm. lines. But yeah, we've had a few of those too. Cable lines, things like that. Do you do any education with your public as far as you know what things to throw away? How far is 
the car is supposed to be or the mailbox or, or whatever. And how do, you, how do you go about educating the public as to what you guys need in order for you to provide that service? Well, I'd say for us, you know, uh, our marketing department does a really good job. You know, we say you utilize all the social media um, that we have that we have to utilize and, you know, put all this out. It's on our website. You know, we communicate out to the public about, you know, keeping your cart in a certain distance. You know, so I think overall we do a pretty good job on that. I think the problem lays, at least in Stillwater, is you'll, you have some areas that were developed many years ago that are just not, they're not ideal for the automated system. You know, there's, there's limited space. They're forced to have to park in the street. So, you know, and, and we try to identify those areas and that we, just not ideal for the automated system and, and try to put, you know, procedures in place that where we maybe have to collect it a little bit differently. But you'll still run into places to where, to be honest with you, the citizens, the residents just don't have a great place to place their car within that requirement of distance of obstruction. So that kind of creates a little bit of a problem. Jared? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, once a year, we'll mail out flyers with the rules and regulations on it. Uh, anytime somebody sets up a, a new account, they, they get the same pamphlet with all the, the rules on it. Of course, social media, we, we try to get it on there. The website, very easy to navigate and see where uh, the, the rules and regulations are. But just like that, yeah, we uh, there are areas of Durant that just, you know, it's, it's an old town. There's just some places it's just hard to, to get it where it's right. So we just have to deal with them as they come. We also have those pamphlets too. I kind of forgot about that. So anybody sets up a new account, they, they do get all the rules and regulations when they set up their account. Do you all have a process that uh, after, you know, if you come up to a car that's too close to the polycarts or they put their polycarts too close to the mailbox that you just skip them and um, you notify them that the reason why we passed you up is because you didn't follow our rules? We have uh, tags that we've developed over the years that so if a, if a driver is unable to service a cart due to that, they, they will put a tag on the cart and just to inform the uh, resident that we didn't service your cart because it was too close to obstruction uh, in hopes that they'll see the tag and, and know why it wasn't uh, serviced. Sometimes the resident you know, may not see or read the tag and then they call, you know, because their trash wasn't serviced. But the guys will bring in, if they do tag the cart, a what we call a violation list to the supervisor. So when we do get that phone call, we can communicate with the resident uh, at your address. It wasn't serviced because of this. And we also take, we'll take a picture of anything we don't service. So we'll at least have a picture also to be able to communicate that to the resident or provide it to them if they like by email. And uh, just to let them know this is why it wasn't serviced. Uh, we have a program called Master Task that uh, we, if they're blocked or anything like that, we can take a picture of and put it on there with the address. That way that we have record of it and our uh, public works assistants, if, if somebody calls in, they can look on that master task and see that, oh, well, you was blocked or your can wasn't out or anything like that. So it kind of helps it that way. Well, guys, I appreciate your information. We probably could talk about this thing for a couple of hours, but... Uh, going to close it up here. A couple of things you guys mentioned that uh, you're always in need of good training. 
if you have ideas uh, or interest in OMAG assisting our risk management services department, uh, I encourage not only Jared and Chris, but anybody listening to the podcast, if you have ideas, uh, please give OMAG a call, our risk management department, uh, and we will work with you. We're always looking for ways that we can provide specialized training to our cities and towns uh, to better inform your your workers and also better train them. So uh, Jared Dillingham from City of Durant, Chris Knight with the City of Stillwater, thank you guys very much for your time. Just go out and be safe out there. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access. I would recommend your very first step is to make sure you have a concise, comprehensive plan. Now, I know there's probably a lot of people listening who say, well, we have a zoning code, it's very old, and we do not have a comprehensive plan, or maybe you haven't updated it in a really long time. That's okay, don't panic. Um, I just would highly suggest uh, looking at updating your comp plan. Your comp plan is going to be uh, what I call the Bible for your city. This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.